Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. Brianne, Melanie, you're alive. I am. I still uh, sound a little bit like shit, but let's let everybody know that you just told me it was fine if I cough throughout this recording since everybody knows I'm sick. I don't think people think that. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you're vertical from your weird Indiana Jones disease, whatever you had. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to acknowledge um, the copy that you came up with for the hooky announcement, which definitely makes it sound like I have malaria or like some very exotic illness. It was bronchitis, really. (laughs) It was bronchitis. (laughs) But I lost my voice. I actually knew someone with malaria, though. So Okay, well... I I listened to that and I was like, good lord, that makes it sound very exotic. <laughs> fancy, fancy illnesses. No, it's just not at all fancy bronchitis. But I'm back. I lived. We all had it. One of us had to get a swab up their nose about it. It wasn't me. I know, that's the worst. Yeah. But you found out it wasn't the COVID. Well, I mean, we all had the same thing and it wasn't the COVID for one of us. And I really don't think it was for any of us. But no, it it wasn't the COVID. It was just poopy bronchitis and pleurisy. (laughs) Pleurisy. Pleurisy really does have uh, very Oregon Trail energy, though. You said pleurisy. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's divided. Everybody that I say I have pleurisy to, it's either, oh, yeah, I've had pleurisy. It was terrible. Pleurisy is the worst. Or what the fuck is that? There's there's no middle. I've had it, unfortunately, a bunch of times. So now that you're better, do you have like a ton of shit you have to catch up on? Like, I don't know. As a parent, when I get sick, <laughs> it's the worst because you can't fucking take off at all. Yeah, it's it's the worst. And... It happened to fall when I was dead in the middle of conmering my entire house. So it was like absolute chaos. And um, this month I had appointments for my four-year-old foster daughter, 19 out of 31 days. Which is like four more than usual. (laughs) I usually have pretty close to that. so much. Yeah. And it all, like everything involving her got rescheduled for like a week because she was sick so she couldn't be around people even though she had a a negative covid test right um and then right when everything was due to happen again i got sick (laughs) oh my gosh it's the worst yeah so now we have to get uh our license renewed tomorrow (laughs) oh my gosh what's that entail everything it entails a stack of paperwork about an inch tall oh my god the things that they ask what do they ask okay they ask if we watch any pornography Mm -hmm. and uh if we let the kids watch it and if in the past year either of us has been uh, incarcerated, started taking quaaludes, started doing party <laughs> drugs or sniffing glue. I am not just saying off the wall shit. Those are literal questions on this. Oh, they're specific like that. Yes. Yes. It's like in the past year, have you or your partner started taking any of the following? And it's like um, cocaine, yeah, some, synthetic marijuana. It. I think that's on there. It literally Bath says salts. club drugs, <laughs> inhalants, glue. <laughs> Club and I'm drugs. like, yeah, this, That'd this be a year I started sniffing glue. It's, I mean, it's been a problem. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my, I mean, it is like we're in the beginning of starting school. 
So uh, there's an overabundance of glue supplies since a lot of kids aren't actually going (laughs) to school, including mine. Aren't quaaludes illegal? I I mean, I guess it's all illegal, but like, aren't quaaludes like not being made anymore? Quaaludes just sound so 60s. I feel like I was listening to some Bill Cosby show or something and it was saying that quaaludes were like not at all a thing anymore. So I don't know. If they think I've just, like, had a time capsule of Quaaludes since my mom was a kid or what. So were you watching, like, you were not watching the Cosby show. You were watching (laughs) what Cosby was doing with Quaaludes, They didn't openly talk about Quaaludes on the Cosby show that I ever saw. Oh, I didn't know if it was, like, (laughs) all that garbage he did. No, no, it it was, like, a documentary or, or a news story or something. No, it wasn't the actual Cosby show. I was like, I don't ever remember, like, Theo, like, coming home with pockets full of quaaludes at all. But did he come home with pockets full of club drugs? Because that's another thing we may have started this year. Oh, club drugs. It it also wants to know if this year we've had any children kidnapped or abducted. Well, I would fucking hope not. Like, holy shit. So then they're going to come to my house tomorrow, look through all my drawers in my house... want to know if any special grown-up drawers are locked up and want to know where they are. (laughs) So Um, if it didn't bring you joy, you threw it out. It's going to make it so easy, right? I mean, I guess. I don't necessarily want people to see every single thing that sparks joy. (laughs) No! Um, (laughs) So they're going to, yeah, they're going to come and do a very excruciatingly thorough inspection and, uh, Go over all the paperwork, find out that we're not doing quaaludes and getting our kids abducted, and hopefully. And then we've got to take a bunch of trainings and write a bunch of essays. And ugh. Well, I mean, it's good that they're on top of it, because yeah. you got to keep yeah. these babies safe. I agree with that. Yep. Although I feel like if I were doing quaaludes, I probably wouldn't tell them. But <laughs> I digress. What have you been up to? Um, well, we're buying a house. So that's tell super me, ex- tell ever I know I know some things, but tell people all about it. Oh, so I my- believe there's something about your house that our listeners may want to know. There may be dead bodies in the workshop and demons and demons. So the house on realtor.com did not show all of the pictures. Um, it did have a picture of a kid's bedroom with a ladder going up into the ceiling with no picture showing what was in there. So that was an adventure. And you still went to see it. I still went to see it. I can't um, with you, Melanie. You stressed me out. Well, it was really awesome. It was a very weird, small space. It's like um, your body can actually barely fit through the hole in the ceiling so i'm not entirely sure how that space is completely finished with hardwood floors and like i don't know how they got like the tools up there to create that area but it's completely finished and weird looking and i can't wait for it to be my new podcast studio if you send me demons through these fucking airwaves, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. But oh, yeah, I'm so creeped so out by your house. I'm happy for you, but I am deeply creeped out by that room. It's really beautiful. And then they had... It is beautiful. Uh, they, Plus, but they had... talking shit. <laughs> they have... Uh, there's a workshop in the back, and uh, which is really cool. I did find out with inspection that there's a working, like, toilet and sink in there so that's cool what else is Um, in there melanie well we weren't allowed to go in when we looked at the house but we still put an offer in but the door was locked and the only thing that you could see when you looked through the window were those huge blue like drum barrels you know the kind that you see in documentaries that have people used to like like breaking bad style when you're like trying to get rid of someone (laughs) melanie and it just had huge warning labels on the outside. It's like corrosive. There are bodies in there. 
And do you know who put them there? The demons? Yes. Well, hopefully they're gone. I mean, we did. We asked. Well, not the demons. They can hang out a little bit. But we we did ask. um, Like, we hope. Did we ask? I don't know if we wrote in there that they have to have those taken out. Oh, no. Now they're your bodies. Huh. I am clutching my pearls so much about who puts in an offer on a beautiful, beautiful house with a locked room that they can't see inside with big corrosive barrels through the window. It was me. Oh, and then, so there's a laundry room and it's got a window and the window actually faces the workshop and the house is like, it's a newer house. It's in really great condition. Like every school, square inch of it is pretty much done like even like the weird spaces like under the staircase like it's all drywalled like the extra attic space it's all drywalled and finished like it's really incredible yeah i've seen pictures it's super super beautiful but i am very happy for you except for the you know the demon and the bodies yeah well the window that faces the carport has like what looks like a small bullet hole like oh my god um we did um, put in on when we had our inspection done that we need that window fixed too. And we got that back today and they totally said they'll take care of bullet window. They didn't say bullet window, but they said they would fix the window cool. and the AC. Because did you ask if they can fix? Oh, did they say they'll fix the AC? They, okay, so. But will they fix the ghost is what I want to know. Back to the AC. <laughs> so we were like, they have to fix because it has steps. We're like, we ha- they have to fix the banister. I have four kids. Mm. And as much as they get on my nerves, like, I don't want them to die. No, so, no. like, railings and banisters, they need to be, like, tightened up. Like, they're way too loose. And then that was the big thing. And then the AC, because the AC feels like it's kind of on a – they said it's kind of on its last leg. Um, so, my realtor, she wrote something up, and it was, like – two pages long i mean she's like i want this fixed i want that fixed and this and that and i kept telling cody like do not let her send this in because they're gonna laugh at us and they're gonna be like (laughs) never mind like (laughs) go find another house but they got back with us today and they are fixing everything all of it like no conditions or nothing they're like okay we'll just take care of it i think i have the best realtor on the face of this planet well, that's one theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you know what the other one is. The ghost. That they're like, thank God, get this demon house off my hands. We'll fix whatever you want, except the one thing we can't fix. Do they have to disclose stuff like that? Uh, are you familiar with the New Jersey Watcher case? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. They kind of do. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure there's some legal president that they should. But I don't think they have to, per se. I don't know. It's just such a new house. I mean, it's going to be like, all right. It's not new. It's not new. I mean, it's younger than I am. So I like to say it's new. I mean, it's it's less than 20 years old. A lot can happen Uh, in 20 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of ghost am I working with? Am I working on like... Sp- like Spice Girls 1990s, you know, Delia's catalog type of ghost. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Probably not. I mean, I guess who knows who was on that land before that house was there, but. I feel like we shouldn't judge this ghost before we're properly introduced. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'd be well, so disappointed if there's no ghost. There's a ghost. I can do ghosts. I don't like the demon thing. Like, yeah. Good. No, don't. Don't like the demon thing. Um, I hang out with the ghost, though. Don't, don't ever get a Ouija board out in that house. No. Good. Okay. I'm glad. Cody you won't. Ouija- Do you take Ouija boards seriously? Because I cannot fuck with people who don't take Ouija boards seriously because they will give me their demons. It's mm-hmm. like it's like an STD. It's contagious. My mom totally bought me a Ouija board when <gasps> I was like seven. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, she did that kind of stuff. Like, uh. she was really into that stuff. 
Cody, on the other hand, he's like, I mean, if he found out I was talking about a Ouija board right now, like, yeah, he would be probably be friends. He'd probably be really upset. So, you know, I went to um, New Orleans this weekend, um, which was a whole other level of um, just awful. But when I got back, you know, I was, you know, I was like, I haven't, I don't. I'm always with my kids, always, 24-7. The only time my kids are not around me is when I'm going grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I told Cody, I'm like, gosh, like, I feel like I need to, like, take another trip to New Orleans just to kind of, like, I don't know. It was just such a heavy experience this past weekend. And I'm like, I, I just need a kind of like. Like a palate cleanser. A palate, like go yeah. back, but have a palate cleanser. Have a beignet. Yeah, have a beignet. But I was like, I really want to like get my cards read. And he is like, you can go. You can do whatever you want. Like, no, like don't do any of that, that stuff. Like. I don't want you bringing anything back to the house. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Me and Cody. W- yeah. Same page here. Same uh, page entirely. <laughs> I did. Also, while I was there, um, when I first got there, it was so hot outside. Um, I grabbed a bottle of water and I got um, I got some postcards for our Patreons. Oh, for pictures. They're really cute. It's um, it's all a bunch of trolleys, and it's like an old timey black and white, um, like photograph, and it says Canal Street traffic jam. It cracked oh, me up. <laughs> I love that. So I'll be sending those out to our Patreons this week. That is, that is exciting. We got some shout outs too. I would, yeah, I would say why. Why didn't you send me a picture? But maybe it's because I haven't been answering anybody. But the Department of Child Services this month. Because <laughs> you've had be pleurisy. Yeah, I can still type with pleurisy, though. Oh, are we going to do our Patreon shoutouts at the beginning, since we have a nice segue now? Yeah, I mean, we might as well. Um, so we have Karen Dempsey. She was our first Patreon. Um, so I'm going to... We'll go ahead and re-shout you out. She deserves two shout-outs. Yeah. Um, Lily Camacho, I'm going to shout her out again. She is in our top-tier Patreon, and we actually just did a video. She joined me for um, a July news recap video that we posted for our bonus content. That was really fun, so thank you, Lily. I'm hoping that once a month... Um, we can, with our top tier Patreon for the bonus content, we can have these zoom parties, um, with the news recaps. So hopefully our new $10 Patreon, Jessica, and I don't know how to say your name, girl, but, uh, your last name, but I looked it up on YouTube and this is, here we go. Let's see. Let me press pronounce names.com. Why is it slow? Burgess? <laughs> Burgess? 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 <laughs> so, so YouTube. If, if it's YouTube, not meant to be said with a southern accent, we're going to say it that way anyway. And you definitely should let me know. But Jessica Burgess, thank you so much for the support. And maybe you can join us for a Zoom party because I would love to meet you. And then um, Margaret White, she's another new Patreon. Uh, We really appreciate all the support, guys. And if anyone else would like to jump in on this, you can find us at um, Mark Save Podcast on our Patreon page. And there's lots and lots of goodies there. Margaret's such a beautiful name. Margaret was my grandmother's name. Oh, yeah. It was maybe like my great aunt or something. I'll know because tomorrow when this releases, my mom will message me and say, it's your third aunt. (laughs) mom sister there's a margaret somewhere Um, i just think it is such such a a beautiful name yeah it's it's classically beautiful it's gorgeous for sure 
So, you have no idea what I'm going to tell you this week, do you? I, I'm never prepared for what you're going to tell me. <laughs> I mean, you told me that you had pleurisy. Well, you didn't tell me you had to write it because you couldn't talk. I so. sent you a brief clip so you'd know I wasn't making it up. I know. I was like, okay, you ready to record? And you're like, <laughs> it was like the ring. And I'm like, I, no. Yeah. This is not <laughs> happening. We're not doing it. It would have stressed Cody out. And then it, it we had talked about, like yeah, yeah, we, and then we talked about doing, um, like a late release, like we'll just release it a couple days later, but it's like, nothing's worse than when it's like, you feel like shit and then you have to like, <laughs> you know, muster up every last energy. And you, I know you've had a lot of stuff on your plate too. So yeah, we played hooky last week, but we are back and you have something awful for me. My vibe this month has been basically, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe you don't. Hopefully you do. You know that meme where it's uh, Nikki from Orange is the New Black and she's like laugh, almost crying, and it just says fuck, dot, dot, dot? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my energy this month about everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a relatively short one for you, but it's good that it's short because it is horrific. So horrific. I don't, I can't stand gore. So I don't know why I seem to be trying to outdo myself on the gory stories. You picked another gory story. Oh, it's the worst one yet. Can we just appreciate that that rhymes just for like gory story. Like say that (laughs) five times real fast. No, I don't think I will. (laughs) I, yeah, it is yet another gory story. And you will or should be proud of me this time because you know uh why we call the audio guy the headhunter because i make him google anything that involves heads not being where they're supposed to be for me before i will click anything Mm -hmm. okay well there there is some head problems in this but i did it myself while he was at work did you have any surprises um You'll wait and find out. I didn't have surprises because whenever I found an article that I wanted to potentially use, I closed my eyes and copy and pasted the whole thing without formatting into a notepad. So I couldn't see anything on accident. Oh my gosh. You, (laughs) what? Times like 20 websites. Oh. Well, there is a video and I did make him watch it and then literally describe it slowly and painstakingly frame by frame so I would know exactly what I would or wouldn't see before I saw it because I did want to at least even if just from a distance see the video of this happening because it seems wrong to cover it and not you're the um, most darling person ever you're I can just you're see. for sure making fun of me <laughs> no it's just really cute I have like the mental picture of you like like ready one two three yeah, I, based. <laughs> I took my glasses off and like mostly looked at the ceiling. So I just used my peripheral vision. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I didn't uh, see what I was trying not to see, but it it is out there. So. All right. Are. What is it? I can't handle it. Tell it me. It is a horrifying NASCAR accident. <gasps> oh, I love NASCAR. Do you really? I mean, I don't follow nascar but nascar <laughs> no like it is like a very huge part of my childhood like nascar i mean it was football or nascar it was on fair enough i grew my- up in indiana and i lived in speedway for a while um which people think that like the racetrack is in Indianapolis because it's the Indy 500, but it is actually in a small suburb called Speedway, which is right next to Indianapolis. It's actually its own city. And it's also where the Burger Chef murders happened. There's some true remember crime those. information for you my <laughs> that nobody dad had, asked for. My dad had a fucking heart attack watching NASCAR and would not like let us take him to the hospital because he wanted to finish the race we they literally physically had to remove him from the house wow well all right here we go this is the very tragic and 
gory story of Russell Lee Phillips. Oh. <clears throat> Buckle in, Melanie. I no pun I intended. see this what is, you did there. This is so bad. Like, I know that I, I feel like I always say this, but there are people among us, <clears throat> me, who have no stomach for gore whatsoever. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to see it. And I am one of them, unfortunately. Um, my friends, my fellow gory story haters, just skip this one. I'm sorry. You, you don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Russell Lee Phillips was born in 1969 in North Carolina. He was the youngest of four kids. He Aww. grew up in North Carolina. And when he was... 18, he started to work for his dad's truck equipment company. And Russell had a lot going on for a young guy. In addition to working in his dad's business as a lead detailer, he also worked as a race car fabricator, a volunteer firefighter, and a preacher. Oh my gosh, that's a big yeah, load. Right? Russell was a, like a big, apparently was just very like tall and large, and he was very kind. They said he was a gentle giant, big kind dude who was nicknamed Bubby. Bubby? Bubby, yes. Now, ironically, it seems that he was a fellow, that's a horrible irony, a fellow gory story hater. His fellow fireworker said he was very squeamish and he would rather direct traffic than, like, deal with the, you know, the action. Aww. Not, like, out of laziness or anything, just out of squeamishness, which is... Yeah, some people just can't handle it. It's... Yeah, by the end of the story, revisit that fact and it will bum you out. Um, so he was a devout Baptist. He volunteered at his Baptist church and he mentored the kids there. And he was also into racing, like really into racing. He got involved in NASCAR when he was young and he loved racing more than anything. He did it on the weekends, but he worked like a million different jobs all week. And he even worked at the local Speedway's driving school. And sometimes he also worked as a racing coach. He had the need for speed. He had a lot of, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> he owned his own car. It was number 57. It was an Oldsmobile. And I don't think it was typical that he owned his own. From what I can gather, it was normal in the early days of NASCAR, but NASCAR was founded in 1948 and very uncommon now. And I don't really know like exactly where the, the fade out is as far as that being common. I don't think it was super typical during his career. But I Probably because of sponsors, you know, yeah. they throw money at everything. And, yes. you know, you, you don't, if you come in, if you're not first, you're last, right? Yes. I, but I don't think he even thought about racing like that. Like, he was pretty realistic about just wanting to do well. He didn't necessarily have to be first. He loved the sport. He loved the sport. Um. I do know that the cars in his division were much cheaper than the higher level cars, but not as safe. So he started competing across North and South Carolina, and then he moved into NASCAR sportsman division. Sportsman division was meant to be a kind of training wheel situation for newer drivers, and it had restricted speeds and usually shorter tracks. Hmm, that's and, interesting. Yeah. As a division, it only had lasted for six years when this went down, and after that, it would only last for one more after that. Uh, like I said, the tracks are mostly shorter. The North Carolina track was an exception to that. It was a super speedway. And this wasn't really a good thing, though, because these guys that were in this division, they weren't experienced enough for long tracks. The cars were older. They were mechanically slowed down, but that didn't help as much as it should have. Um, the division, it was intended to be an opportunity for new drivers to basically gain experience, potentially get noticed, get sponsors, climb the ranks, make a name for themselves. Right. There were, and there was no mandatory training to participate. After a race, when he was 21, he met a woman at a track who asked for his autograph. Her name was Jennifer, and they ended up getting married two years later and settling down in Mint Hill, North Carolina. Oh, I know. Isn't that the cutest name for a city? Mint Hill. Mm -hmm. I love it. <clears throat> so Russell wasn't a flashy driver. He seemed like kind of a B student as far as that kind of thing went. By the time he was 26, he was starting to get more well known. 
get some sponsorships, improve as a driver, get a little bit faster in his driving. Uh, maybe he was improving around that age because his frontal lobe was closing and you're not even a fucking adult before that. And I hate the sports that we're all okay with young men playing for our entertainment when they're too young and immature and hyped up on testosterone to make good and informed decisions. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I would <laughs> like to do an episode just about that. <laughs> Okay. I took a sociology of sports class in college despite having absolutely no interest in any sport and it gave me some opinions about yeah, it's, the things I mean, we do. I'm a football fanatic. I am, but it's like at the same time like I get it. Yeah. It it feels icky watching it, but it's just oh, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> Well, it's like Quaaludes. Oh, just like Quaaludes. Well, maybe <laughs> like Quaaludes, it'll become illegal. <laughs> and then only Bill Cosby will have it. <laughs> um, October 6th, 1995, Russell was competing in the Winston 500 in Charlotte. It was his 17th sportsman race, and he was actually one of the most experienced drivers there in that group. It was a 67-lap race that had been already postponed once because of Hurricane Opal. And he had just set a lap speed of 157 miles per hour, which was the best one there. So he got to start the race for the first time in his career. Which, that sounds so crazy fast, but actually, by NASCAR standards, is, like, really slow. But right. it was the sportsman division, and for that, it was it was the winner. So he got to start the race for this big one. Um... He told reporters right before that he just hoped to place in the top five. He said so he didn't have to beat a bunch of traffic after. And oh. this particular track in Charlotte had had two deaths in the sportsman division races in the last few years. So they were being careful. Right. They even like they even had the drivers starting single file. So it wasn't as much mayhem. By the way, I found out today that my husband pronounces the word mayhem, mayhem. 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 What? He's, yeah. He said, how do you pronounce that word? And he, he said, like, this or this. And I was only kind of half listening. And I was like, what? That's not that's not a word with two pronunciations. What did you just say? <laughs> and because and he, he just said, like, you know, how do you pronounce tomato, tomato or something? And I'm like, no, no. What did you just say? And he's like, I say mayhem, but I don't think that's what you say. I don't know what I say now. I hope you don't say mayhem, Melanie. But isn't the commercial like, like, so you can avoid mayhem like me? No, it's mayhem. Don't validate him. No. No, like now I'm thinking, I think I might be saying, I, I know just a minute ago I was like, wait, what? No. Okay. And so then the I'm like. The takeaway here is that we both have a lot in common with each other's husbands. Is this like the Mandela stuff? Was it Mandela effect? I don't no, know. No, do no. I? How do I say it? I don't know. I don't. Weirdly, I don't think I have a recording of you saying it, which is odd because that's the entire topic for a podcast. Catch me off guard sometime. <laughs> okay. How about it's, it's that? It's going to be hard to catch you off guard and make you say mayhem, but I'll try. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Uh, do, do. Okay. So his wife, Russell's wife, Jennifer, is usually, he, she usually came to all of his sportsman races, but this time she had a doctor's appointment, so she got there late after what happened, happened. Uh, throughout the race, he was doing pretty well. He had led three laps, and by the time we got to lap 17, he was in 10th place. Another right. driver, yeah, and that, that was pretty typical for him, it seems like. Another driver named Stephen Howard swerved to avoid a two-car spin-out and hit Russell's car, which was... Oh, oh God, this is so bad. I feel so bad saying this. Oh, okay. It's really bad. Really, really bad. Okay. Hit Russell's car, which was forced onto its right side and rammed roof first into the retaining wall. Oh... I this, can picture that. Yeah, you, you probably see where this is going. Mm hmm This was 1995. In 1996, NASCAR would require all cars to have something called an Earnhardt bar, bar, 
mm-hmm. to prevent the roofs from collapsing in exactly this kind of accident. But again, this was 1995, not 1996. It does seem strange that it took that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Russell had roll bars in his car, but they did absolutely nothing to stop the roof from being sliced clean off the whole roof. Oh, no. He was ground into the retaining wall while the car was on its side. Oh. And when it flipped back onto all fours, there was nothing but a gaping hole on top. The stands where it happened, thank God, had been empty, but there had been a few photographers there. Well, empty of fans, but there were a few photographers there, and they were sprayed with blood and brain matter. (sighs) No. And I can't give, like, here comes the bad part warnings throughout this. I gave that at the top of the show. The whole thing's a bad part. It's everything coming is awful. (laughs) Um, And I only found this in one source. It did seem like a credible source, but, you know, put an asterisk there. Apparently, also in the stands was the scorekeeper, and apparently the scorekeeper was his sister. That is fucking heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Oh. I mean, it would it would make sense. It is a very family, yeah, sp- yeah, like sport. So Russell's car and Stephen Howard's slid to a stop in the grass, and another car slammed into them. Russell's severed arm fell out of his car. Wait. Uh, I thought we were done. Oh, oh, we haven't even started. Oh, no. No. No, you've just had the gore appetizer. You, you're, you're not. We're not there. No, no. Don't. I'm don't sweating that. so bad. You should be. Um, NASCAR races have rescuers on hand, obviously. One ran toward the car as it stopped. And there's a video of this. He reached the car, looked inside, and immediately turned away. And saw that Russell had been decapitated by the steel catch fence. (laughs) He was also dismembered. And one source said that the catch fence had been like a cheese grater. And sent everything above his lower rib cage onto the track in pieces. Oh my gosh, that poor fucking family. Uh Uh-huh. The rescuer looked at another rescuer and made a hand across the neck gesture and the other guy checked his watch for a time of death. Some of the crowd saw that whole exchange and got it. Some didn't and came to see for themselves, which I'm sure they regretted. There was debris, including severed body parts and his upper rib cage covered. It covered over 200 yards of track. I mean, there's some people that that they have to look. I mean, Uh Aunt Vado. Oh, God. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, that was the whole title of our episode um russell's hand was impaled in the catch fence like just his hand the nascar photographer said it was like there was a cave where the roof was supposed to be like someone had scooped it out that's as gruesome a wreck as i can ever recall there was nothing to rescue but they covered him in a white sheet and put up a tarp to prevent the crowd from seeing him workers walked along the track covering severed body parts with sheets as they found them His helmet was found with his head still in it. The crowd was silent and horrified, and the track was shut down for 40 minutes while they cleaned the track. Wait a minute. uh, Yeah, we're getting there. The track. We're getting there. (laughs) The track president. Yeah. Yeah, they finished the race. The track president was named, are you ready for this, Humpy Wheeler, which sounds like a joke about rednecks being too into racing. Yep. Humpy said that Russell's Russell's wreck and decapitation were a freak deal and finished the race. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. That's so fucking disrespectful. And his wife was there by then. And his sister. Yeah, I mean, allegedly, I think. But his wife showed up, I think, right after the accident. And another driver whose car was right in front of Russell's gave a statement before he knew that Russell had died. He he knew there had been an accident, but didn't know he died, saying that NASCAR needed more experienced drivers and for young men to, quote, use their thinkers, which given the circumstances. Is is that victim blaming? 
I mean, first of all, yes. Second of all, he didn't know he was dead. Third of all, holy shit, worst word choice of all time. Right? He just lost his fucking thinker. Shut up. (laughs) I can't. So, after the accident, NASCAR isn't as unsafe as it sounds since 1948 when it was founded. Like, how many drivers would you think have died? Mm, I'd say maybe 15. Okay, well, I figured it was like 300, so. Um, oh my I, God. I thought the number was much lower than expected, but apparently not you. Um, since 1940. 1940- <laughs> I have very low expectations for sports, obviously. That's just such a big number. Well, it's, it's I guess, it's between our numbers. Um, since 1948, 28 drivers have died. Uh, the most recent was 19 years ago. I lowballed that. Yeah, you did. I don't think anything's happened since Dale Earnhardt Jr. Not Jr. Senior. Junior's still alive. Yeah. Ooh, bad Indiana girl. Um, <laughs> they were... <laughs> They're they going to come with their pitchforks. You better be oh, careful. I, I hear them outside already. Um, they were The deaths have been pretty evenly distributed across the decades. They were a little bit clustered in the 50s and 60s. I heard that like the 94, 95, 96 time, which is when this was, was kind of a bad season for racing, but not all NASCAR. Like There were a lot of bad accidents, and I think other motorsports had a lot of deaths also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably better numbers than the NFL, but that's none of my business. That's none of my business. <laughs> Can we consider renaming this podcast Let's Get Sued by Someone? I like it. I'm still it's waiting. It's going to happen. It's coming. Sugarland's coming for me. I know it. Now <laughs> uh, so after Not in Disneyland. They oh, sue shit. everybody. Oh, no. I forgot I crossed the mouse. I blocked that out. Shit. Nope. You they never forget do this. nothing. You never do this. Sorry. It's all going to be me. <laughs> no, I mean, it. I've called people dipshits and. Okay. No. I, I think I'm leading leading the pack here in, in actionable offenses. Um, anyway. Let me I'm, think of who don't. I'll think of someone I don't sharks, like. Sharks are going to sue you. No, because I kind of get the whole free shark movement. Uh, I think it's Shark Week, too. No, I mean, I get it. I get it. A little bit. I'm going to get sued a lot. Anyway. Fuck uh-huh. you, Nickelback. Sue me. Okay, there you if go. everybody who said fuck you Nickelback got sued, I, I mean, I'm the whole to, world would be in court. I'm trying to play it safe. Except for our friend Amy. Amy knows <laughs> her Nickelback. I don't know if she's even a listener. Um, anyway, <laughs> after Russell's death, a conversation was sparked about safety, although it seems like it was actually nascar's favorite guy dale earnhardt being injured in 1996 that actually did it like not this guy's absolutely horrific death because he wasn't like super big right um the track where it happened had had three deaths in six years just in the sportsman division races and it was like fuck this that's bad odds yeah and after that it withdrew from being used in that division they were like not on my watch anymore they said that his death was the last straw i don't blame him a bit it had been one of, I think, the only two long tracks participating in the sportsman division, and the other one was a little bit longer, and it also withdrew right after that. And then mm. we got the Earnhardt Bar, which I don't know how I feel about it being called the Earnhardt Bar. Yes, yeah, it should have been called the Russell Bar, but okay. Yeah. I guess at least it happened. I'm just itching to get sued, man. You're pissing people off god it's like you come out on the other side of pleurisy and you're taking no, <laughs> no names I no prisoners like this. i was always like this now i want to get sued by the nfl i already crossed disney <laughs> shit we should make wouldn't it be cute if it's like you know like the tattoos you know of like all the girlfriend's names like what? crossed out Oh, you know. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do know. That's what you need. Of 
large corporations I've antagonized into suing me? Yes. Okay. I think it would be a really cool tattoo. I don't know how that would look once I get sued. I'll be like, well, I saw this coming. That's when you cross it out. <laughs> oh, no. Who else? <laughs> Who else do I need to get sued by? Google, maybe? Google. Amazon's a good one. Oh, shit. No, that's scary. They'll come to my house and kill me. I feel like Amazon is like, like tops. You know you've made it. I mean, Trump. That's low-hanging fruit. Like, he would definitely sue me, though. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Sue me. I don't give a fuck. So that is pretty much my horrifying story. That was pr- that was a gory story. It was a gory story. Yep. 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 Pretty sure I've said this before, but in the words of Olivia Benson, it was especially heinous. I don't know how I'm going to do uh, social media on this one, Brian. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I researched it. I might have to do like really bad cartoon drawings or you could just come up with a running list of who i might get sued by yeah that's a good one. Well, we need to put that on our uh mark safe bingo i we need to like I need to ex- revisit that we need to expand the bingo card mm-hmm. yeah i've been thinking about that in my nogs and my thinker i love it <laughs> well i hated that i hope somebody enjoyed it I, I hated your story, too. I mean, it was a love-hate. Um, and I will warn people that in the show notes, there are links, as always, to the sources used for this. From what I can gather, I mean, first of all, click any of it at your own risk. But from what I can gather, two of the links either have or have, like, direct links themselves to very graphic pictures. Um, and I will so label either, them as such. Yeah. But like, click any of them at your own risk, but I will label the ones that I pretty much know have some bad shit. As or graphic. find your own damn headhunter. Yeah. Yeah. My husband can't do it for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I might click them. You might click too. Um, oh, no. Melanie. Well, just to check... You're always doing bad shit. Do it now before you're in your demon house because they'll get excited. Okay, I will. I have a couple more weeks. I have a couple more weeks. Are you actually moving, moving in a couple weeks? Three weeks. Oh, shit. It's a lot. I'm like trying oh. to purge and. Yeah. This... How organized are you generally? Are you are you an organized person or not? I can see well, it either way with your personality. Well, I've moved a fuck ton, so I'm really good at it. Okay. Well, that's good. My last move was from Colorado to Louisiana. So Mm. needless to say, I had purged a ton of shit before that one, and it's only been a year. And luckily, we're only moving like half an hour away from where we're at now. But I'm very organized. I have totes. I have nice. my boxes that I have used. Some of them are from my first move in California. So like California, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado to here. And I'm still reusing them. Are you hiring movers? Nah. Oh my God. That's very hardcore. I like it. I have a dolly. That's, no, that's like the one area that I am bougie now. I will never not hire movers again. <laughs> I've done, um, we did it once. Um, we lived on like a third floor apartment and moving in killed us. And we were like, fuck this. We're going to hire someone to haul this shit down next time for us. So that's the only time that we did it. Plus I was pregnant. I mm. think. So, and this is the first house that we've had where it's like, it wasn't a fixer upper. Like we can actually go in and not do anything. So I don't mind, you know, putting in the work for it Well, because I get to move and enjoy it. Well, after I paint a bunch of shit black. (laughs) Oh, I hope you post pictures of that somewhere. I understand you may not want to post pictures of your house. I'm really excited. I want to paint, you know, because those ceilings are so huge. But I'm Mm -hmm. going to paint that fireplace black 
and I'm going to paint those bookshelves black and it's going to be dark and moody and I ordered the coolest print brand and it's supposed to be here tomorrow. It's like, um, oh, the name of the artist is like escaping me. Um, but it's basically, um, like a 1950s couple, like they're sitting on a bench. It's like a back view of them mm-hmm. and it looks almost like they're sitting in a park. Um, but they're actually like in space and like you see <gasps> planet earth, like in the distance and it's called, we used to live there. It's so rad, but yeah. Oh, just... I'm going to look that up the second this is over. I don't want to the... subject people to my clicking and typing. I need to know the name of this artist. Cause it's hold on. Um, sorry. Frank Moth. Yes. <laughs> I Do you see the picture? <gasps> oh, that we, is used beautiful. To... Isn't that so fucking cool? Yes. Oh my god. And then I ordered I got a huge one of those cuz I needed to fill um some space. Get it? Space. Yeah, I got Um it. so I ordered a big one of those and then there was another one that I super fell in love with um, that I ordered a smaller version of. Uh, it's called a Departure. And it's like this. It's got like a bunch of rockets shooting up the air. But then it's the same thing that like 1950s look. And he's like carrying some luggage with his little. I looked it up. Oh, my mom would love that. We need to put me talking about my mom on our bingo board. I don't know why I mention her every single week. I saw your mom, like, in the wild, in the internet. Yeah, it was... I think you guys have quite a few internet overlaps. It was crazy um, because I saw the house hippo, and I've always wanted a house hippo. <laughs> and I'm like, that's one of the cutest fucking house hippos I've ever seen. And I commented, like, that I love the house hippo and that maybe one day I could have my very <laughs> own house hippo. Yeah. My mom and, is like deeply into very authentic mid-century modern. And then I got. Decor. Yeah. And then I got a notification that your mom liked my post and I was like, <laughs> what? And then I went back to it and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was you. She's like, I didn't realize it was you either. <laughs> It was she really would cute. absolutely shit her pants about the departure because he also looks like her dad. Oh man, I think I need the departure now. Okay, okay. Oh, we gotta we gotta button this up because I gotta go message my mom now. <laughs> okay, tell her I said hi. Okay, I will. All right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.